Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. It's a blessing to worship the Lord. Amen? Oh, wow. Uh, if you want to kind of get ahead, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to be speaking about something today that is something that I think is very important to all of our lives, uh, and it's something that we understand on one level. You know, I don't know if we fully understand it. I think that we... Um, I think we intellectually understand it on one level, uh, but practically don't really put it into practice on another level. Uh, but it's something that is absolutely critical within our walk and within life for us as Ma'amanim, as believers. The way that was cryptic, wasn't it? Well, we're going we're gonna to dig today into something, and we're going to look at things from a a little bit different perspective, and it's a very practical message I have for you today. I want, to let, I want you to let the Lord speak to you. Lord, uh, I, I pray uh, that you give everyone teachable spirits. If you're at home uh, watching or listening via podcast, we have people all over the world listening via podcast. Lots of people in India, the data shows, are listening via podcast. Uh, amongst, all, amongst many in the United States and other countries all over the world, wherever you're listening or watching right now, I want you, as well as everybody who's in the synagogue right now, just close your eyes for just a moment and say, Lord, teach me. Lord, teach me. Yes. Okay, amen, in Yeshua's name. Why? Because there's something to be received. All of us, I think, in the message today, present rabbi included, okay, everybody. Because we sometimes say, and you hear this expression by people, and by people who are believers, you will sometimes hear this expression, and it is a true expression, and it is found basically explicitly in the Word of God. We're going to go uh, to it. But we hear this expression, we are sinners saved by grace, You've heard that expression before. Some people have that at the bottom of their email. It's like, you know, sign John Smith, sinner saved by grace. It's like, it's not very, not very subtle. They're certainly uh, expressing who they are uh, and, and that kind of thing. But, uh, but, and it's very true. Uh, we are sinners who are saved by grace. Rabbi Shaul puts it very well. Let's look in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Let's re read what Rabbi Shaul says. And of course, Rabbi Shaul should understand this better than just about anybody. Why? We're going to talk about it. Let's hear what he says in verse 1. He says, You were dead in your trespasses and sins. At that time, you walked in the way of this world in conformity to the ruler of the domain of the air the ruler of the spirit who is now operating in the sons of disobedience, okay? We too all lived among them in the cravings of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind. By nature, we were children of wrath, just like the others. Oof, wow, what a picture. Verse 4, hmm, boy, here it comes. But God was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. 
Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Messiah. By grace, you have been saved. Somebody say amen. Mm, wow. That is, that is some rich stuff from Rabbi Shaul in Ephesians chapter 2. What does he say? It says, you're... All of us are depraved. All of us are messed up. We all live in a world. Come on, turn on the news for just a second. You know what he's saying is still true. The adversary, Hasatan, is still out there in a big time kind of way. And he's trying to mess with people. And, and, and he's successful oftentimes. And he, he, he encourages people to do bad things. And, and, and we all... Uh, are given into our flesh all too often by nature. But then it says what? But God, but God, but God. We were depraved. We indulged the desires of the flesh. We were children of wrath. But God, but God, it says, was rich in mercy. He was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Wow, that is powerful. Thank God, thank God, he was rich in mercy. In other words, he did not give us what we deserved. Sometimes I think that we forget ourselves and the old nature that we must crucify on a daily basis, on a daily basis. Hello, those of you who've been believers for 20 years, 30 years. Hey, friends, you know, it can be easy to become complacent and not realize that you need to fall upon the great and rich mercy of God and to daily crucify your flesh. Why? Because your flesh will try to rise up within you until such time as we arrive in glory. And we need to crucify. It can rise up so easily in us. And yet, even so, even so, even though it does sometimes rear its ugly head, God is rich in mercy. What a powerful word that is. God is rich in mercy, and indeed he is. When I think about this, when you think about this, you should be so eternally grateful for God's mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Mercy means what, George, right? We don't deserve it. It's mercy. We deserve what? We deserve the pit. We deserve punishments. We deserve discipline. And God is merciful to us. Mercy, we did not deserve it. You sometimes hear this expression, right, Josh? Someone falls upon the mercy of the court. You've heard that, right? Someone, hey, I want to fall upon the mercy of the court. Somebody's found guilty of a crime. They fall upon the mercy of the court. That means that they are guilty. They don't deserve it, but they still seek a generosity beyond what is deserved. A generosity beyond what is deserved. <laughs> it, it makes me think about something that happened to me uh, when I was in college at Georgia Tech. I remember I was a student at, uh, at Georgia Tech, and um, I was in the Alpharetta area, and, uh, and something happened. I think, I think that I was caught speeding. I think that's, that's what it was. It might have been a red light thing. I don't remember, but... It was, it was something that, yes, the rabbi, oh, scandalous. <laughs> okay, and so, and so I was caught speeding or something. Or it was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember that the ticket was like, I don't know, 175 bucks. I mean, it was like, I was, I was a student at the time. And so it was like a lot of cash for me. And so I, I remember contacting the court, you know, and, and saying, well, what, what's the, how much is, and they said, oh, the fine is this much. And I'm like, oh, mama, okay, wow, okay, let me think about this. And I'm like on the phone with them, and they could tell that I was a little distressed about it. And they said, well, if you want, you can, you can always come into the court uh, 
And, you know, you can, you can still essentially plead guilty, but have a little explanation and maybe the, the judge might, you know, cut you a little bit of slack. But, of course, you never know what the judge will do. And I'm like, hmm, okay, well. And, you know, you get a little bit nervous about it, but you think, oh, well, you know, okay, I mean, I, okay, okay, I think I'm going to do that. It's, I, I've never really been in a courtroom before. I've never been in a courthouse before. And, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this just to see. I mean, you know, I, give it a shot. You know, give it a shot, right? And so I, I remember going to the courthouse that day, and, and the courthouse was as big as this congregation. There were kind of pews like this, and, and I was sitting kind of in the back, and, and I don't know if they were going alphabetical or what, but it, it was like person after, I mean, uh, first of the thing was the big thing, you know, because I'm like, it's in a courthouse. It's kind of wild, you know, and a little bit intimidating. And, all rise. You know, it's like, whoa, okay, we all stand up. And there comes the judge in the black robe. You know, he's got his full black robe on. He comes, sits up there, and this dude looks intense. And I'm thinking, oh, man, okay. I don't know about this, and I'm nervous, you know, I'm, not, I'm just there by myself. It's not like I've got any representation. It's just me, you know, and I, I'm just trying to think, okay, can I get a little break on the, the ticket? And, uh, and, uh, and so they go through a lot of the other court cases, though, and it's like one after the other. They go, what do you plead? And, you know, the person says, and then they'll say, oh, but here's the circumstances, and the judge will say, well, this, that, and the other, and sometimes the judge was nice to him, sometimes the judge was <laughs> not nice to him. And so I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, man, I don't know when my case is going to be called or, you know, whatever, and, and, uh, and so it's, I'm like toward the very end of the, of the time there. It's, I'm like sitting there a couple hours waiting, and then they say, yes, yeah, Solomon, and I'm like, oh, 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 yeah, okay. And so I kind of stand up there, and they say, and they say, okay, what's Okay, and you can tell he's been cranking through these cases, you know, and so he's like, all right, what's the story on this? And I said, well, judge, I, I, da, 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 and I'm, you know, uh, and I didn't know, or I missed, I'd sign, I don't know, I don't even remember what I said, really. And, uh, and the judge said, uh, I see, and he said, well, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a student. I said, and that's why the, you know, the fine is, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to kind of fall on the mercy of the court, right? And and he said, oh, where are you a student? I said, oh, I'm at Georgia Tech. And he says, oh, Georgia Tech. And I thought, oh, wow, okay, good. He, he at least now knows that I'm like, you know, not a completely, completely unintelligent guy just, you know, trying to, okay, he's, okay, he's a respectable young man. I'm going to cut him a break. And, uh, and, and then he says, uh, please approach the bench. And I'm like, oh, and he hadn't asked everybody to do that. And I'm like, oh, boy. Okay, and so I, I get out of my little pew and I approach the bench. I'd been sitting kind of a little far in the back, but, but when, as I got closer to the bench and, and where the judge was, and I saw he had on this just complete black robe, uh, uh, and as I got closer to the, to the judge, I could see that it was just, he, all, all you could see was his black robe. But he did have one small lapel pin, and it was a bulldog. <laughs> and as I got closer, I'm like, oh, no. What have I done? And I see that bulldog. And, and the way he said, oh, Georgia Tech, huh? And I thought, oh, no. What have I done? This guy's going to, he's going to put me in the slammer for a week. He's going to say, oh, this Georgia Tech punk thinks he knows what he's doing, coming to my courtroom, taking that. In the slammer, lose the key, boys. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, and I see that, and it's all he's got. And I'm like, oh no, and I'm just, reg I have real regrets, Lord. Oh Lord, what have I done? I'm thinking, oh my gosh, and and, and all the kind of uh, bravado that I had, kind of like, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, you know, and, like, and I just walk up, and and <laughs> he looks down at me. He didn't even have to say. He's made his point really already, and he's got the lapel pen and. And, uh, and he already has noted uh, where I'm going to school. And then he said, Mr. Solomon, uh, I'm not going to see you in my courtroom again, am I? And I said, uh, no, sir. No, sir. He said, okay, you can go. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I thought that was just to take him away, warden. You know, pardon, the, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I, I was ready. I thought he was going to. 
whoo, man, it was, I thought it was going to be a hanging judge, so to speak, as they say. Wow, let me tell you something. You know, I walked into that courtroom thinking that I was going to fall upon the mercy of the court. Uh, but, but in the end, I thought, Lord, I need even more mercy than I thought. I need extra mercy. Lord, let this guy be a nice guy. Oh, my gosh. Can I? But, but thankfully, he, he, he let me off with a warning. And, and he said, don't come back into this court anymore. And I did not return to his court. <laughs> You know, he said, he said, you hadn't been in any trouble. You hadn't been in trouble with the law, have you? I said, no, sir, no, sir, no, sir. He said, okay, don't, don't come back in this courtroom. Yes, sir, yes, sir, no, no, sir, I won't, no, sir. Whoop, you know, and I'm like, whoo, you know, just sweating buckets at that point, you know. But what, listen, the, the guy was merciful. The guy was merciful to me and when I didn't deserve it, in uh, as much as I was guilty of whatever it was, you know, and, uh, and, and, and that's, that's the way the Lord really is, that we don't deserve it, but, but he's merciful to us. Someone say amen. amen. Rachamim, rachamim means mercy. It's the mercy of the Lord. It's interestingly, as, as a side note, I heard uh, a teacher recently talk about that the, that the root of rachamim, mercy, is the same root, essentially, of the word womb, which has been in the news lately. It's a side uh, word study you can do. So is our God... Uh, merciful, amen? amen. Our God is merciful. It's so true. You've probably, probably found it to be true in your life as well. Perhaps, perhaps you were a harsh person. Maybe you had a temper. Maybe you struggled with manipulation or lust. Perhaps you can be too materialistic, or maybe you are a complainer. Ooh, you fight these set tendencies, but sometimes they get the better of you. And yet, what do you do? You fall upon the compassion of our Heavenly Father and ask for His forgiveness and for His mercy, His rachamim. And what happens? God is so generously merciful upon us. Oh, thank you, Lord. His mercy is, is, is everlasting. 1 Timothy chapter 1, please. 1 Timothy chapter 1. He, here the words of, of Rabbi Shaul continuing to explain things, and especially from Rabbi Shaul, Paul the Shaliach's perspective, it's important to understand that it's coming from him in particular. Why? I think it'll make sense. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. He says, trustworthy is the saying and deserving of complete acceptance. Okay, so complete acceptance is this saying. Messiah Yeshua came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Yet for this reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Messiah Yeshua might demonstrate his complete patience as an example for those about to put their trust in him for eternal life. Mm, wow. Mercy, <clears throat> mercy even for the foremost of sinners. And, and you have to understand why he says that. Paul was not being hyperbolic here. Not at all. There was no exaggeration in what he was saying. He wasn't being self-demeaning in a, in, a, in a false uh, humility kind of a way. No, no, no. Paul was a virulent persecutor of followers of Yeshua. Virulent persecutor. There are people in the world today that are, that are persecutors of uh, Jewish people who follow Yeshua. But not to the level that Paul was. Paul was a tormentor of, of Messianic Jews. A tormentor. Yet Yeshua... Paul, one of the things that Paul points out here is that Yeshua demonstrated his mercy even to Paul. Even to Paul. See, friends, this is encouraging to all of us. If he is merciful to Paul, he will be merciful to you. You think about that. Because nobody was really as abrasively attacking his followers than Paul. Paul was, was the worst of the, of the attackers and accusers of the, of the believers. And yet, Paul says, Paul explains it, is that he, because of this, he was shown mercy. 
He calls himself the foremost of sinners. But because of that, he got great mercy from God. <sighs> Boy, reminds me of Yeshua saying, he or she who has been forgiven much loves much. The mercy of the Lord. The mercy of the Lord. Rachamim. I hope that you feel a little bit of the mercy of God. I hope that you are sitting out here today or watching online or listening via podcast, and, and, and I hope that you are feeling some of the mercy of the God. And I think that honestly, intellectually, all of you would understand this. I think that on an intellectual level, maybe not fully in our hearts, but intellectually, all of us, I think, who are Mamanim believers would understand the principle that, that God has been greatly merciful to us. Amen? Okay, and within that, we understand that we should be grateful to God for it and that we don't deserve it. Is that the way you feel? If so, say amen. Okay, fair enough. But honestly, all of this so far has been the preamble to the main point that I want to make today because all too often, we accept and receive the mercy, the rachamim, the mercy of God. And yet we frequently don't make that same mercy available to others. Matthew chapter four. I've been on this mountain where this sermon was taught twice this year. Some of you who are in here with me today were on that mountain with me. It's an it's a amazing place, right by the Kinneret, right by the Sea of Galilee. It's an amazing place. You remember that mountain, Josh, a special place, you know. And, uh, and, and these words were spoken by our Messiah Yeshua on that mountain 2,000 years ago. And what are one of the words that he says, one of the things that he says in verse 7, Matthew 4, verse 7, as part of the, are known as the Beatitudes, Yeshua says this, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. It's interesting because if you, if you think about it, it would be more natural to say, blessed are the merciful, because they are going to show mercy. I mean, right? Because they're merciful. So if they're merciful people, they're going to show mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will show mercy. No, no, no. It says, blessed are the merciful, merciful for they shall be shown mercy. It's a pretty simple principle here, my friends. Here's the principle. Do you want mercy? Do you want mercy? I ask you, do you want mercy? Yes, you should be merciful, straight up. If you want mercy, you should be merciful. But more often than not, people, even believers, can be hardened and vindictive, ready to pounce with judgment, ready to condemn. This is the attitude of all too many people, including believers. Mercy is not the first tool in the tool belt. Mercy is not on the tip of the tongue. Mercy is not on the lips. No, it's typically something else, but yet Yeshua says unequivocally, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Of course, friends, we all know intuitively and intellectually that God is merciful. You know that God is merciful. We see it all over scripture. God is full of mercy, and all of us said, amen, amen. We want God's mercy. He's merciful to me. Thank you, God. You're merciful. I need your mercy. I'm a sinner. Paul said, I'm a sinner, but God was merciful. Okay, great. He's merciful. Yes, he is. Yes, amen. We can all agree with that there. That's all well and good and all right and true, and it's something that we should be grateful for. But yet the, the other part of this equation is that God says that we need to be merciful. We need to be merciful. James chapter 2. 
the book of Yaakov, James chapter 2. This is really important. This is, this is something that will change how you react to people sometimes. It will change how you respond. It will change some of your responses to things you see or people you come in contact with, including, by the way, many people close to you. James chapter 2, verse 13 Oh boy, you got to think about this. This is from the word of God, y'all. I'm not making this stuff up. For judgment is merciless to the one who does not show mercy. I want to say that again. Judgment is merciless to the one who does not show mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Wow, boy, thank you, God. Man, if that wasn't true, we'd all be in some deep trouble. I don't care how good you are, you ain't that good. And neither am I. We'd all be in some deep trouble if that weren't true. Beloved, we need to become more merciful in our lives to others. Yeshua, by the way, that includes your rabbi. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Some, you know, it's like if, 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 uh, if, if the sermon is like, eh, have mercy. I'm trying my best, y'all, okay? You know, Baruch Hashem. Just, just, just give him the old, just give the rabbi the old southern colloquialism. Oh, bless his heart. <laughs> I don't mind. I receive those. It's a blessing. You know, you've blessed my heart. You know, I'll take it. I'll take, it's better than a cursing. Come on. So, so if, you know, one of the jokes just falls, and you hear, you know, the sound, bless his heart, he's trying. He actually spent time working on that sermon. <laughs> Beloved, we need to become more merciful in our lives to others. Yeshua tells us to be merciful. Now, who needs mercy from us? Because if we're supposed to show mercy, who needs mercy from us? Well, first of all, I can tell you who doesn't need mercy from us, and that's God. God doesn't need any mercy from us. No, 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 We need mercy from him. He doesn't need mercy from us. So, so who then? If he's telling us that, that we should have mercy, he's got to be talking about somebody that we should have mercy upon. Who? Others around us. Friends, this is a spiritual, biblical principle here. Think about those around you. This is not a theoretical exercise. I want you to really think about it uh, in your life, if you will. It's a practical application of a profoundly deep spiritual point. We have to show mercy to others. Mercy to others. Now, again, I'll refresh our understanding. I talked about it a little bit earlier in relation to God. And I think it's a little bit easier for us to grasp even though it's hard, impossible almost to grasp, but still somewhat easier sometimes, Shelley, to grasp the mercy that comes from God because it just seems like, wow, we serve a loving God. He should be merciful and thank God he's merciful and I need his mercy. But when it comes to us being merciful to other people, it's, it's a bit more opaque, if you will. What did we say earlier? Mercy is for those who do not deserve it. Someone who is found guilty of a crime often falls upon the mercy of the court. That means that they are guilty and they don't deserve it, but still seek a generosity beyond what is deserved. That's the exact same thing I talked about earlier in terms of that rachamim, that mercy that God gives us. But when we think about it in the context of us doling out mercy to other people, it becomes a little bit more of a process where we think, do they deserve mercy or do they not deserve mercy? Or, 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 or even if, is that even on our radar, mercy? Even on our radar, is it even there? See, friends, you have to understand, mercy, it, let me tell you what mercy is not, being merciful to somebody else. Mercy is not merely being kind to people. Okay, that, that's good when you're kind to people. Mercy isn't being friendly or nice or even reaching out to help people. All those things are good. All those things are great. Those things are not mercy. It's beyond that. 
It's God being patient with the worst of sinners. It's us being loving to the unloved. And even more so, my friends, it's loving those who even may hate us, those who persecute us. Why? Because they really don't deserve it, but it doesn't matter. We're merciful anyway. And honestly, beloved, this attitude needs to start at home. Oftentimes, this needs to start at home. When your spouse doesn't deserve your kindness, you choose to give it to them anyway. When your friends ignore you or manipulate you, Sometimes friends can be rough, man. Sometimes friends can, can, can ignore you. And it's like, man, I thought you were my friend. And then they just go, uh, you know, completely silent. They ghost you, as they say. You know, it's like, what happened? I thought you were my friend. Or, or when somebody, when a friend manipulates you. People play these games all the time. And, and then maybe they, they, they wrong you in some form or fashion, if you will. Uh, maybe it's when your parents or your children are unfair to you. Does that happen sometimes? Absolutely it does. See, that's when your showing mercy is really put to the test. They don't deserve it, yet you give it to them, the mercy. Think about this for a minute. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. It's not natural for us. It's not in our flesh to be so merciful to other people. And other people say insensitive things maybe about us. My goodness, all the things that have been said over the last two and a half years, good man of Shevitz. All the, the, the things that have been said, are you willing to be merciful or no? Are you not? Matthew chapter 18, Bavakashah. There's a story. I want to read for you this story. And, and it, it serves to illustrate this point, my friends. Let it speak to you because it's a charge. Podium there. Just ran out of battery. Now I'm stuck to the podium. Pray for me. Pray for me, I'm stuck. Okay, I put the clamps on real good. So now we're in good shape, homie. Okay, Matthew chapter 18 uh, says this. It's a story that Yeshua tells to illustrate the point of what our attitude should be. And, and it juxtaposes our own situations with how God treats us versus how we treat others. Matthew 18, verse uh, 23 Therefore, Yeshua is speaking here, he says, therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle up, a man was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Wow, it's a lot of money. But since he didn't have the money to repay, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. Then the slave fell on his knees and begged him saying, be patient with me, and I'll repay you everything. Oh, he fell upon the mercy of the court, right? Verse 27, and the master of that slave, filled with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. Wow. But the story isn't over there, because that's us. You understand, that's us. We're that slave that God has forgiven the debt that we couldn't pay. Verse 28, question is, are you going to continue to be the slave in the story? I hope not. Now the slave, that slave, now that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he grabbed him and started choking him, saying, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell down and kept begging him, saying, be patient with me and I'll pay you back. Yet he was unwilling. Instead, he went off and threw the man into prison until he paid back all he owed. Mm. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply distressed. They went to their master and reported in detail all that had happened. 
Then summoning the first slave, his master said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave all that debt because you pleaded with me. Wasn't it necessary for you also to show mercy to your fellow slave, just as I showed mercy to you? Enraged, the master handed him over to the torturers until he paid back all he owed. Doesn't that go along with James chapter 2? Remember what James chapter 2 said. It says, judgment is merciless to the one who does not show mercy. If you want no mercy, don't show mercy. But friends, how brutal is that going to be for you? Don't be this person. No. It's also, what, it's also consistent with what Yeshua said in Matthew chapter 4 when, during the sermon that was on the mountain when he said, the merciful will be shown mercy. If that second slave had have been merciful, he would have continued to have been forgiven the debt that he had owed. The great debt that he had no chance, I mean, how could he repay? It would take, it would take uh, surely it took him a long time to repay it. He probably paid for it. He may, friends, the, the debt that we owe is our lives. That's the debt that we owe. The wages of sin is death, says the scripture. But Yeshua paid for it. You see, he already paid for it. He went to the Alpharetta courthouse (laughs) and he paid the fine for us. But the fine wasn't $175. The, the, The penalty was death. It was a death penalty that we all have. And Yeshua paid that debt. He was so merciful to us. Yes, God here was was instructing Peter on the importance of forgiving others. But the reason that we should forgive others is, is out of the mercy that's in our hearts, recognizing that God has been so merciful to us. See, the more we understand A, the better we'll be able to dispense B. The more we understand the mercy that God gave us, the more we'll be able to dispense mercy to other people. You see? Honestly, it shouldn't be our motivation, but truthfully, we should show mercy to others even out of self-interest, which, is, which ought not be the motivation, but still it's true. Just so that we can receive mercy, we should show mercy. But honestly, it's really a sign of humility. How so? We know that we do not deserve the mercy, yet we depend on it. In the same way, we who are, uh, who are we rather to withhold mercy from others? See, recognizing, you see how that shows some humility? Because it's really arrogant of us to do otherwise. For us not to show mercy to others is kind of like saying, well, I'm in a place where clearly you don't deserve mercy, but yet, you deserve mercy? No, 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 no. If we really recognize that we don't deserve the mercy that we received from God, we'll have more of an attitude that will be, I have a proclivity to give mercy to others. Why? Because we understand that we don't deserve the mercy. And so there's a humility that comes. The more we understand the mercy of God, there's a humility that comes in our hearts that, that better allows us to to show mercy to other people. And beyond this, friends, understand, everybody makes mistakes. Sometimes it's not even perfect. Nobody's perfect. Sometimes those, mm, sometimes those with a perfectionist attitude can be the harshest of critics. Somebody was like, ow, RK, you just stepped on my feet. Sorry, sorry. If things are not just right, or even more so, they're not just the way that we want for them to be, then we come down on people like an axe. 
No, my friends, on the contrary, we have to show mercy. Oftentimes, people are doing the best that they can. Nobody is perfect, brothers and sisters. Don't expect perfection. Don't expect perfection from your kids any more than God expects perfection out of you. At the same time, at the same time, we have to remember what the scripture says and what Yeshua says and go and sin no more. So we should teach our children. Yes, you have mercy on them, but but, but wait, 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 wait. Go and sin no more. Because Romans chapter 6 also comes into the equation. What does Romans 6 says? It says, God forbid that we continue to sin so that grace or mercy may abound. God forbid, right? Just like we shouldn't seek to take advantage of God's mercy, so others should not take advantage of our mercy. Of course, this is an important part of the equation. God is merciful to us, right? But we should never, it is, it is the epitome of hubris to try to take advantage of the mercy of God. To say, well, I know that God is merciful, so I'm just going to keep on sinning. Why? More mercy. Yeah, he's very merciful, so I'm going to get some mercy here, and I'm going to keep on sinning and do what I want to do because, woo, you say in your word that you are a merciful God. I claim your word. No, no, you can't do that. No, that's, that's cheap grace. You can't do that. That's, that's trying to take, you can't play the system. God is not stupid, you understand. He's pretty smart. Okay, you don't take advantage of the mercy of God. No, no, you got to come with a humble attitude before God. God, I'm so sorry. Please, I fall upon the mercy of the court. When, when, that, when that judge was there, man, I was sweating it. And then he just gave mercy. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. You see? And, and when you dispense mercy, it's not like you with your children. Okay, for example, you give them mercy at times. But, man, if they start trying to take advantage of that mercy, it's like, no, 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 no. Because otherwise, you're teaching them a bad principle about their relationship with God. You understand, right? They have to understand what true mercy is and what true repentance is. Somebody say amen. Proverbs chapter 21. As we'll prepare to conclude the introduction, Proverbs 21, verse 21 says this. (laughs) Whoever pursues righteousness and mercy finds life, prosperity, and honor. Let me say that again. If, if, If righteousness is big on your list, if you pursue mercy, God says, if you pursue mercy, God says you'll find life, prosperity, and honor. Friends, we should pursue mercy. It will be a blessing to us. If we're merciful, guess what? If you are merciful, you're going to be less likely to hold a grudge. There are some of you in this room here today, some of you watching online, I'm telling you not if, it's it's for sure, that are grudge holders, and you're holding grudges about certain things. you got to release grudges. Who does it... uh, See, when you're merciful, it's not that somebody deserves it. If you don't hold a grudge, the person who benefits most is you. That's why the scripture says in Proverbs that if you pursue mercy, you'll find life, prosperity, and honor. Why? Because, phew, that's off your shoulders. Listen, people have wronged you. I'm not saying that that's okay. It's not okay. I'm not saying that if somebody does something bad to you, oh, it's fine, just put it under the blood, it's perfectly okay. It's not okay, right? But holding on to that unforgiveness only compounds the hurt that they caused you. It's better for you to have mercy, forgive, and move forward. It doesn't mean, by the way, if this is somebody who's been mean or unkind to you, it doesn't mean that you have to be their best friend or that you have to allow them to abuse you. You do not. That's, again, that's, that's, an, that's an abuse of the principle, okay? 
It means that you will not it means that you will not allow the adversary to make your need for vindication or vengeance cause you to become bitter by not forgiving them and showing them mercy. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that you just say, say I'm a doormat. Come, everybody, come take advantage of me. Here, you want to steal my wallet? It doesn't mean that at all. No, no, no. It means you're not giving space for the adversary to convert something that's already been hurtful or traumatic to you to take that and to make it worse by making you hold this vengeful position in your heart and becoming embittered because of it. They don't deserve it. That's kind of the point. They don't deserve it. Straight up, it's the way of God. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. Friends, we can all conceptualize and accept the mercy of the Lord. We all get that when it comes to accepting God's mercy. We all get that in our heads. How do I know? Because it's real easy for us to raise our hands like this and say, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. It's real easy for all of us to do that. We can all receive the mercy of the Father. However, all too often, this does not translate into how we treat others. Think about those even that you might disagree with. Have mercy in your soul for them. You'll find that the more you have mercy the more your own attitude changes, the freer you become, the more life there is within you. And beloved, the more you yourself will receive mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown Mercy. The title of my message is Merciful. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord, for your rachamim, your mercy. Thank you, Lord. We need it. We need it. We need your mercy, and so we should give your mercy and give our mercy to others. If you're here today and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, if that's you, but you'd like to say a simple prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, lift your hand and we'll pray together. If you've never given your life to God, brother or sister, I'm going to tell you something. You need mercy. Don't sit there or, or watch online and think, I don't need mercy. Do you know? Are you perfect? None of us are. All of us need mercy. Brother or sister, you need mercy. And from, and from our Creator. Why? Because all of us have messed up at one time or another. Fall upon the mercy of God. Don't try, to, don't try to battle in court when you know you're guilty. You'll lose. If anybody here has not said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, but you want to, raise your hand and we'll pray together with a simple prayer. Maybe you're watching online and you've never said that prayer. Repeat these simple words after me and God will touch you. Say, Dear God, I humbly come before you. I accept Yeshua into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Thank you, Lord. I'll follow you the rest of my days. Thank you for your mercy, your rachamim. If you said that prayer for the first time, please send us an email. If you're watching online or listening via podcast, or if you're here, make sure you see me after the service. We want to just celebrate with you. And for the rest of us, I just want to encourage you, encourage all of us, <laughs> all of us who live in this, certainly who live in this large city, but wherever we are in America where people sometimes can cut us off in the roads or otherwise in more substantive ways be, be not nice. Oh Lord, let our, let our tendency to, be, to lead with mercy to assume the best. Lord, even when somebody doesn't de deserve it, help us, Lord God. There may be 
people in your life that you've been holding a grudge against. Ooh, okay. I I don't frequently say this. I'm sensing of the Lord there are people who are listening to my voice right now who are holding a grudge of of some significance. The Lord would just want you to release that. It doesn't mean that they were right. They were wrong. That's between them and God. God will judge them for that. That's between them and God. They, They need to fall upon the mercy of God for that one. doesn't mean it's okay but but holding on to unforgiveness hurts you release you have to release mercy be merciful as God has shown mercy to us oh you can just take a deep breath and say thank you Lord thank you Lord for your mercy help me become merciful to others I know I'm not perfect, God. Help me realize that others aren't perfect either. (laughs) Help me be merciful to others. Thank you, Lord God, for this, Lord. I believe if we have a, a congregation that has this within our heart, then we'll then we'll have struck just the perfect balance between the 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 truth of God and his commandments and his word and and the understanding that mercy triumphs over judgment. Thank you, Lord, for these things. We love you, God. We love you with all of our hearts. We thank you for this. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethel family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom.